Bears, and ladies and gentlemen, the Lions are 1-0, and if you can believe it. Hey, look, if you listen to this podcast, you probably can believe it, but if you don't, or didn't, still did, maybe you didn't, but either way, Colton Pouncey, how we doing, my man? Here, here on about 45 minutes of sleep, Colton back from Kansas City already, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, he took the early flight out, which is, uh, you know, that's a veteran move. I used to do that all the time. People called me insane. How Are, are you going to do that again next time, do you think? Well... I did it for a reason. I'm running on fumes right now. I, I, I was telling Nick before we started recording that I had about 45 minutes to an hour of sleep last night. Went to bed at 3.45 Central, woke up at 4.30, got my stuff packed, and then head over to the airport. And the reason I did that is because we were supposed to get uh, Dan Campbell in person at some point, and then the lines changed it literally like right after the game and said they're going to do a conference call, <laughs> <laughs> which... That could have been avoided, uh, but here I am, and uh, you know we're, we're powering through. I I stay up late anyway. I stay at, stay up to like yeah. ungodly hours, so like you know I'm used to it. But yeah, I've run on fumes a little bit. We're 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 powering through uh, to give the lines listeners what they want. So uh, that is true. Well, and they want it because this was a big uh, this was a big day uh, for the franchise, for the fans, for everybody, for this team in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I had tweeted this morning, um, it got pretty hard at some point this summer uh, around here to ever people that I know or people that would come up to me in random situations and ask about the Lions uh, and uh, whether or not they should actually believe this. And then I would tell them I think that they should. And then they would be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to. And then it would be like, okay. And, you know, and I had so many of these conversations, I felt like. And I was just like, well, you know, you just need to see them play and you, and they need to show you. And so... Leading into that game, I was just kind of like, man, they cannot... We talked about this at the end of the show last week. It has to be, you know, shot for shot, answer, you know, every single time. And that's what they did. I mean, they played the game exactly how they wanted to do it. They dictated it. Um, And, you know, I don't think I'm shocked at all that they won the game. Um, I think I'm pleasantly surprised, maybe, for them that they actually (laughs) put it all together and didn't really... And we're able to grind through it. And yep. I think that it was such a huge step and a huge moment for this particular roster. And uh, I'm curious, you were there in the locker room, Colton. Like what, I know that that had to have been the mood afterward, too, for those guys. I know it was for Campbell. Um, but they had to see it, too, I think, right? And now they have. Yeah, I mean, I think for them, like they saw it all training camp, and that's kind of how they felt. That's the reason why, you know, I don't know if people saw the uh, video the Lions put out of Dan Campbell talking in the locker room. He said, hey, what did we say before this game? We expect to win. That's our expectation. We expect to win games like this now, okay? And that was pretty much the read from every player that you talk to. You know, Amara St. Brown was talking to shit, and he was like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but this is what we expected. Uh, Panay Sewell said, this is kind of in our culture, in our DNA now. Like, this is kind of what we've been building for three years to get to this point that we think that we can win these games, and we expect to win these games. And... Of course, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was doing a lot of talking in there and (laughs) more of the same. And it's like you have all these pieces that are, you know, you look around, these interviews in the locker room are kind of going on simultaneously. um, But they're all saying the same thing. And that's sort of, to me, the tell that they're on the same page, that they have, you know, Campbell has their attention and that this is Mm -hmm. a, a mature team that's growing into one unit. So that was kind of my read on things. Um you know, obviously, it's easier said than done, but they went out and they, they did it. Um, you know, what they did in this game, the way they finished in the fourth quarter to me was really kind of symbolic of where they've been. Um, 
when they started off one and six, they weren't winning these games. They were losing a lot of them, whether it was 31, 27, 38, 35, you know, 48, 45. Like those were the games that they were losing last year in the first half. Then the second half, they went on that run and you're like, okay, this is what you want to see. Now the big question is, can you carry this over into a new year and you get a massive test in week one and we're going to find out what you're made of. Travis Kelsey or not, you still got number 15 on the, on the other side doing his thing. So it was a test. And they answered it. And so I thought that was a massive, massive development for this young team and, you know, exactly what you want to see in week one. I'm so, I'm so glad you brought up the uh, the fact that they it was a close game that they won as opposed to, you know, so many of those a year ago and even two years ago that we would see where they would get right there, be it starting slow or whatever, and then they wouldn't be able to finish. And it's funny, you know, like uh, there's a lot, always been a lot of stuff movies made about football over the years and people have their different favorites but the truest line i've ever heard in any football movie is that one from um any given sunday mm-hmm. when al pacino talks about how football is a game of inches and that's all it's about right yep. that every little thing you do is about an inch here and an inch there and and the if you expand upon that talent equals inches in football right and if you upgrade your talent in, in spots around the roster those inches add up at the end, and you win a one-point game instead of losing it. Like David Montgomery making two cuts on that counter in the red zone and finishing in the end zone rather than, you know, not getting seven yards and not scoring on that play. And maybe it's like maybe Jamal gets three and a half, maybe he tries to run the guy over, gets four. Yep. Maybe Swift bounces it and doesn't get any. And then, you know, how many times, you know, I thought about this last night too, how many times in those situations last year, year before, you'd see them inch their way down the field, they get there, and then they just could not punch it in. It'd be fourth and goal at the one, and they would go for it and not make it. That happened a couple times. Like These types of things were happening, and they, they shouldn't have happened. The inches that they found were from their talent on defense, right, the, the rookies that they added. And then, you know, you mentioned him up the top, CJ. I said this on a show yesterday somewhere um, that I think the difference here, the reason why I think the Lions can do this is that they went out, and they added not just rookies that can help them get off the field, but they finally signed a guy in the back end that can make just enough whatever, just enough plays, at, you know, to get you one or two more possessions to give you a chance. And that's exactly what we saw. And I mean, I thought it was exactly what we needed to see across the board from pretty much all those new additions. Absolutely. I, you know, in the secondary, I think they had some maybe miscommunications early in the game, but they early, definitely... Yeah honed in in the second half like the Chiefs I think they went 0-7 on third down conversions in the second half which is just insane (laughs) the fact that it happened that way Mm -hmm. I think what was really interesting to me like the sort of dichotomy of like the two sides it's like the Chiefs were the ones making mistakes the Chiefs were the ones that were shooting themselves in the foot and that's what you would expect from the Lions in years past and so you can say, yeah, the Lions caught some breaks. Kadarius Tony, you know, was the MVP for the Lions. There's some jokes like that. Uh, but at the same time, like, the fact that the Lions weren't the ones making the mistakes and the fact that they were capitalizing and still doing the things that they needed to do to win, like the offensive line paving the way at the end, um, the defense getting off the field and forcing four straight incompletions and, you know, doing their thing, basically. And Josh Paschal having that great, you know, mm. what was it, third and one stop that he had that got, oh, yeah, the, got the Chiefs off. Yeah, you know, like that's, to me, those are the plays that the Lions are making, and then they're also capitalizing on some mistakes, and that's what good teams do, right? Like they find ways to win games, even when you don't have your best stuff, which the Lions didn't, and that kind of makes it more impressive to me, that the offense didn't have its best game. Um, The defense kind of had some miscues early on, but they still figured out a way to win this game, and 
you know, that to me is a sign of growth and kind of where they are right now, this trajectory that they're on. Let's uh, stick with the defense here for a second because this was a big day for all those guys, including Aaron Glenn. Um, you know, we, we talk about, you know, he wanted to come here and test his wares against, uh, you know, the best of the best. And that's, you know, Andy Reid's best of the best, so is Mahomes. So, you get to, you know, it's, it's always a challenge and always unique when you have to play them. And you can see even this week, you know, uh, some headlines were made when the Lions didn't keep bugs on the on the dress list, and probably because they kept extra defensive backs and, and you know other linebackers or whatever else it might have been. Because you're going to have to run around and have athletes out here who can chase this guy. And you saw the result, right? You saw the result. I thought this was, you know, after watching them do such a great job and then give up like a horrible whatever little Mark Jackson the one time the first year and then last year with Jalen Hurts and. There were so many other times where they would get, and Mahomes has done this to the Lions. He did to Patricia's Lions, obviously, several times. Mm-hmm. And he did it last night a few times, too. But more importantly, you have guys, and it's not just Hutchinson, who we'll talk about in a second, but you mentioned Pascal, Kaminsky, Aline McNeil's getting in there, Charles Harris had like four pressures. Like They are coming in waves, and they have all all guys that just give effort. And that's all, all you can do against Patrick Mahomes. It's the only way you can play him. They played in the two-high shell, which I thought was a little surprising, and at times it's you're kind of daring him to run. But if you're mm-hmm. surrounding if, – if your front seven has all athletes who can go and, you know, instead of a 14-yard ridiculous scramble, it's four, like you're going to – that all adds up against Mahomes because he's taking these ridiculous chances. And we talk about – you talk to quarterback coaches all the time about foul balls, you know, like just because you can throw a ball 65 yards and drop it into a bucket – doesn't mean you should always try it, and like he does it a lot, and that's part of his game. But if you can take away the scramble stuff, that changes everything. And to me, this was the sign of a team that is, um, like you said, well coached, and they bought in, and they're tackling well, and fixing mistakes, fixing hiccups. It was just a really good example of a team that really hung through the whole way and kind of had probably a unique plan for Mahomes. One thing I hear a lot about the Lions is, especially the defensive side is that they don't have a ton of stars. Um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, yeah. we think, is a budding star. Um, there are some nice pieces right. here, but not a ton of star power. But when I watched them play last night, it's sort of like, I don't know if they need a ton of stars. Like, the way that they play defense, if they're, they're just hustling to the ball. Um, they're, you know, helping each other. Like, on the Brian Branch pick six, like, Jerry was pretty solid coverage there, and I think Brian kind of gave him, you know, a hat tip at the end, and... You know, he returns that for a touchdown. Um, we see guys like I, – I just think the team speed, athleticism is, is better. Um, you know, Jack Campbell on that diving kind of pass breakup was – that's what he brings, like his length and what he can do in, in coverage. Uh, I thought Derek Barnes had a really nice game. Um, you know, Levi got in there a couple times. Uh, Aiden did his thing. Like you kind of look around the field and you're like, these are young dudes that probably aren't like big names in the league, but they just play hard as hell and they play as one. And like I think that you can get away – with not having all these superstars. Like, it's not the 49ers defense, but uh, I don't really think the Lions need to be that. Like, if they can get their offense back on track and their defense is, you know, even middle of the pack, like, this is a playoff team. And, yeah, you know, I think there's certainly room to improve. Um, I'll, I'll start by saying that because, you know, it, it did seem like there were some miscommunication issues. But at the same time, it's week one. You know, a lot of these guys didn't play in the preseason. It's going to take some time to kind of get going. And you're going against a guy like 15 on the other side. So, uh, that being said, I really – thought the defense honed in there, especially in the second half, like mm-hmm. did their thing um, and made Pat, Pat, Patrick Mahomes try to beat them and, you know, he couldn't get it done. So that's that deserves a ton of credit. 
This was a dominant performance by Aiden Hutchinson, and it's like dominant, one of man. the best ex- one of the best examples of how you can <clears throat> control a game in some ways, um, or at least very highly impact it without actually getting a sack. He didn't have a sack. He had the seven pressures, everything and else. Hits. But here's but here's the important thing is he's playing against a guy who is as elusive as any quarterback anywhere. He is at Mahomes. You saw the one where. Um, was it Houston that was on the ground trying to wrestle him down, and he's still standing there, and he still throws the ball like forty-five. He's got yards. it off, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Like it's like crazy. how does he? I tweeted like I don't know how he has the core strength of ten thousand men, but he does. <laughs> like I don't. And if you've ever stood next to Mahomes, like in the locker room, you're like, this is it. Like this is Mahomes. Like this is the guy with like the arm and everything. He's yeah. not like that overly physical, but whatever. He's really hard to bring down, like Rodgers in that way. And when you're playing a guy like Rodgers who we've seen the Lions play, you have to have guys that just will not stop. And this was the best we've seen Aiden Hutchinson play in the NFL, um, I think, because not only from a you know production standpoint, he probably had games last year that might even have eclipsed the seven pressures, um, but they paid so much attention to him. They threw chips at him. They sent backs at him. Jawan Taylor's him. jumping off. Jawan Taylor's jumping off sides and holding him on like every single snap and like. He never stopped. And the other thing that you love about Aiden, that I always have anyway, and it's gone all the way back since like his freshman year, okay? Um, I don't think I've ever seen him complain to a ref about being held. I never. No. I he just he just keeps going. He doesn't yep. care. Like he just keeps going. I think he's the type of guy that's like, it's gonna even out, we're gonna get one. And you look at lo and behold, end of the game, after working their ass off the whole game, busting ass, they get a holding penalty. And they get an offside on the last drive of the game. And it's like, well, sometimes the football guys pay attention. If you play hard enough, it'll even out. And, like, to me, that yeah. was, like, that was Aiden almost taking over the defense and saying, like, this is mine. They're gonna, everybody's going to play like me now. And yeah. in, in the front seven, anyway. And that's definitely what we saw. To me, the most impressive thing about Aiden was that he did it, like, when it mattered most. Um, so he had seven yeah. pressures in the game. Um, I believe five of those pressures came on third and fourth down per PFF. Uh, right. So he, he won five of his 14 pass rush snaps um, for a 35.7% win rate on on those downs. That's insane yeah. to me. Yeah, and his win rate overall was 20.5. And for context, you know, I think his was at 12.5 or 12.3, something yeah. like that, last year. So that's a, an improvement already in week one. Big time. 20.5 over the course of the season would have ranked third in the NFL last year. So that's the level that Aiden was playing last night. And if he can keep this up over the course of a full season, you're talking about one of the best edge defenders, edge rushers in football. So that's, I mean, I I really have no reason to believe that he can't keep this up because that was all motor. He added some spin moves in there. His package, rush package looks a little bit more refined, which is what we want to see from him. And so, like, again, that pure out, that pure hustle the motor that's going to carry him but he also is adding some more things to his bag so that's cool to see absolutely that's the development that you want to see in year two and that's what we thought that this could be like you're watching him in training camp you're like he looks bigger his lower half looks better like you know he looks more explosive off the ball i think there's some numbers about his get off that were much improved um so you're like that's the development you want to see in year two for a guy that you drafted second overall and the lines are getting that so i mean pretty pretty great you know debut for him in, in his second year I don't know who tweeted that, but it was really interesting. Like it was, um, it was like a two, t- it was like a two tenths cut down on his. 
I don't know how this is measured, but they're measuring it from the TV copy, so take that for whatever you want. But these analytics guys are measuring, you know, the get-off in terms of seconds, and he'd shaved, like, two-tenths or something like this down off of his, like, average from last year, and, you know, which is a lot, and I don't know how sustainable that is through a 17-game season, but it also makes sense because, and this is why, it's the, it's a similar thing that happened with uh, Sewell, but in a different way. But when, when Sewell got ready to go to the Combine, he loads his body up, you know, weighs as much as he can weigh because I think they wanted to see, you know, how explosive can you be at the biggest weight. So he does all that, and then he gets he gets the NFL, and then he's got to change his body back. It takes a year, and now the second year he's where he wants to be. Plays He's a pro bowler. This is yep. essentially what we saw from Aiden. Last year he was too skinny at the bottom, right? He was fine. It, it got him through, but he was too skinny at the bottom, and then he comes back this year and he's cut at the top, and you can see that he's added weight and strength underneath in his lower half. I don't think he's playing much, maybe five or six more pounds, if at all, but he's changed his body and added, like, explosive muscle. So he is generating, like, so much more force just yes. off of his get-off. Like, when you see that big stride of his right off the shoot, and he follows it with a punch, man, like, Juwan Taylor is a good player, and people were like, that damn guy, like, and yes, I mean, he was getting away with a lot of bullshit, I'm not going to lie to you. But, like, Taylor Decker gets away with a lot of that, too, right? Like, some of the old pros, they get away with it. It is yeah, what it is. Like part of the game. You, yeah. you take some of that as you give it. But he, like, and he gave everything he wanted. And I thought that was a great, great debut for him overall. I do have the numbers on uh, the get-off. Yeah, so this is from um, Seth Walder at uh, ESPN. My man. Um, so he said Aiden Hutchinson's average pass rush get-off, um, which is the time to cross the line of scrimmage, has been 0.72 seconds tonight through 15 pass rushes per next-gen stats. His average last year was 0.88. So he went from 0.88 to 0.72. That's a huge yeah. difference if sustained. And then he followed that up with, for context, among players with at least 100 pass rushes last year, the top four players were Bryce Huff, 0.67 seconds, Miles Garrett, 0.69 seconds, Josh Wett, 0.75 and TJ Watt 0.75. So Aiden was at 0.72. So that's ahead of TJ Watt. Ooh. That's ahead of Josh Sweat. It's right behind Miles Garrett and a little bit behind Bryce Huff. Yeah. So I hope that's what we're talking about Bosa here. Got paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I I hope the Lions saw what Bosa got paid uh, because I you know that's the tr- that's the ceiling for this guy. I don't want to call him a. I always call him Bosa Junior or Bosa cousin, but like I. I don't know if he's quite the same holy shit level of player that Joey Bosa is. I don't. I don't think he is, there. and that's okay. But like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. right? Yeah. I, I don't care. Like, Joey got thirty-four million or whatever it was. Like, if Aiden gets thirty, then that's what we're talking about here. Like, that's a kind of like. But he's right in that. He's right behind that tier, or on that dance floor, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, at least that's the ceiling that we're talking about here. So, like, a great start for him. Uh, and everybody else really defensively. Brian Branch, of course, you know, want to mention him before we get to the offense here. No surprise there that he finds his way around the ball. This was just from day one, all of camp, and I think now Aaron Glenn can stop uh, telling you guys to stop writing about how he's starting or whatever. Because, like, he's never... Tracy Walker played nine snaps yeah. on just special teams. Branch never left the field. Like, no. I mean, he's the guy. Until he got hurt. He's the yeah. guy. Like, great performance right here. Man, I mean, he's just always around the ball. Like, He's either getting his hands on it or he's in the right place at the right time. And that's why a lot of people on football Twitter were like, well, any like 95% of DBs make that play. And it's like, 
Okay, maybe, but like the fact that Brian Branch, no, we've don't. seen it's a continuation of what we've seen in training camp. Where right. He's always around the ball. And I think that's the difference. Like, we're around every day, they're not. But exactly. that's why you're so impressed with the stuff that he's able to do. Like, that was only Patrick Holmes' third career pick six in, in his career. <laughs> in his career. And I know a lot of it was Tony, but like, Brian Branch was right there, returned it, did not blink. Incredible stat. Took it to the house and got the Lions back in that game. And without that, they don't win this. Changed the whole thing. Changed the the course of this game. So, Branch, like, I'm excited to see where he goes from here because, you know, I know he cramped up a little bit, but I think he was able to return there. Um, And Mm -hmm. just the fact that they're starting him week one against the Chiefs uh, at nickel, like, man. I, I didn't expect this. I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, I knew he was going to be a good player. I just thought that they would try to, you know, ease him in, maybe bring him in for like a special package that's thrown out there in certain situations, um, and then let CJ kind of cook at nickel until, you know, next year maybe he's not yeah. around anymore, and then you let Brian take that spot. But they have found a way to get him into the starting lineup as a rookie, and he is supplanting a team captain. And that just speaks mm-hmm. speaks volumes to how they feel about him. You know, every coach you talk to says they're not surprised with his development, what he's been able to do, how he's been able to step in and just contribute immediately, and they expect big things from him. So, pretty good start, man. Pretty good yeah, start. Great start. Great start for the defense in general. Uh, offensively, you know, and Goff said it right after the game, and I, he kind of was sounded like he was disappointed because, I mean, they did not play probably even close to their best ball. Um but I do think that this also, and which is a good good thing for them, right? I mean, they can obviously play better in so many ways, and we'll get into that in a second here. But, like, it's also, like, we talked about the receiver thing all year, and, like, <laughs> it hasn't been addressed. And now we're at a point where it's, like, and, you know, God love Marvin Jones. I, he's a great dude. And hopefully that was just for his sake. Hopefully that was just a one bad day and not, like, a sign that he's just not going to be the guy anymore or that guy. Uh, but, man alive, like, you could see where... They miss somebody going over the top. They miss a big body out there. And yeah. that is going to be something that I'm... That's that's the biggest concern. That was the biggest concern going in. And it remains so. They got they got around it today or, you know, last night. Mm-hmm. But, man, we talked about, you know, maybe need to see more of Khalif Raymond. And I would also say maybe need to see more of Gibbs in the slot and outside as a receiver. Like, he just needs to get on the field more. Yeah, definitely. And I think the timing was hilarious because yesterday... Uh... The GQ article yeah, with, the, the Hopkins, with DeAndre Hopkins yeah. stuff dropped, and he's just like, I reached out to the Lions. They didn't want me. Man. <laughs> um, like yeah. But I understand, I understand. I mean, like, he's getting up yeah, there. Yeah, maybe yeah. You, don't, you don't want to make that commitment, I guess. But, you know, it did feel like they were missing something. Um, Marv, we'll see how he does after this. You know, maybe he's just shaking off the rust, didn't pre- play preseason. It's getting up there. Right. So, um, but I did feel like they were missing a few things. And one was, like, the vertical threat, like you mentioned, over the top from Jamal. I think I tweeted that during the game. Um, mm-hmm. I did think that Khalif should have played more because if you're going to have a mm-hmm. vertical threat right now without Jamo, it's probably him, just based on, like, the personnel that they have at receiver. Um, and I didn't think that he was super involved. And I'm not sure why, but because, like, in practice, you see him out there, he's with the starters and, you know, I, th- I I almost expect I pretty much expect him to start over Marvin, but that didn't happen. Um, you know, Gibbs was the one that was kind of, you know, they've been hinting for a while like, oh, you're gonna be surprised with how we use them, and I was like, you mean like sit him on the bench because that's kind of what you did for most yeah. of this game. <laughs> like, is that the surprise? <laughs> um, 
Because every time he touched the ball, and it, it wasn't even like, you know, we know that he, he can juke dudes out of, out of their shoes. But it was the power. Like, he, he generated six broken tackles in, like, nine touches. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Um, so I would have liked to see more of him, and he does give you that speed element. Maybe you line him up more at receiver and just let him do his thing. But didn't see a ton of that last night. Um, so, yeah, the offense definitely did not have its best day. Uh, maybe Ben Johnson got cute a little time, a, a couple times on some of those uh, – you know, short pickups. Um, but overall, like, I think you're happy with the win regardless. Like, you can figure it out, yeah, go back oh, to the yeah. drawing board, and, you know, just happy to escape there with the win. But, yeah, some things to clean up for sure. I thought we would see more of the 21 two-back stuff, and we we saw some more more than we have in the past, probably not as much as they should have done in hindsight, given the fact that, yeah, they just – there's not anybody there that's creating space vertically for those guys underneath to work. And – you know, Raymond got, we say that about, you know, he's probably the best vertical guy you have and people will be like, what is it? You know, come on. Like he can't, but it's not necessarily about, you know, can you go up there to high point or 60 yard pass? It's like, you need somebody the that threat. can get behind a safe. Yes. That can get behind a safety and at least make him clear out and get out of the way. So somebody else could be under the underneath underneath. play. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, and you saw vertical in this offense in so many ways is only like 15 to 20 yards. It can still be a, a chunk that he finds his way under a safety. So I would say he probably needs to play more. And I frankly, like, it's first game. And that's a big thing. I wondered if we would see the rookie uh, green, and we didn't. Green, yep. I wonder if we'd see something like this. And, you know, but it's that it reminded me of, like, it's the first game, and there's two things there that, with uh, Gibbs. When it got down to it in the second half, and after that pick, and after they get the stop, and it's like, okay, we can go run the ball here, take the lead, and then just take the game over. It becomes a point of they're just going to run counter and power and the gap stuff, and they clearly trust Montgomery right now as a veteran yeah. um, to run that stuff, which is more complicated, to run that stuff in that moment than they do a guy who's never played in a game before until last night. I think that's more yeah. of what uh, – now, if next week comes and we see the same thing, he's played 11 snaps or whatever it is, or 20 snaps, whatever it was, and he gets eight – I think he had eight touches, which is still not that bad. Um or no, I think he had nine touches, right? I think he had nine. seven carries and the two catches. Yeah. But I think that that was more of a circumstance. You're trying to win that game as much as any, you know, obviously trying to win every game. But, like, you don't want to lose this thing. Like, it's right there. It's on the line. We're not going to put a rookie out there that we don't totally trust yet in the biggest moment of the game when we're trying to turn something. You know what I mean? So I yeah. got why his reps were limited in, in that capacity. And I did, I did too. Like, I think the only my only issue with how they use Gibbs would be when they were trailing in the third quarter, like coming out of halftime, mm-hmm. they couldn't get much going until like the Brian Branch pick six, and that's how they tied the right. game, obviously. So I think in, in that stretch when you're trailing, that's probably when I would have liked to see a pass catching back in there who can like operate and kind of get out in space more so than trying to continue to kind of force feed, you know, rushing attack that wasn't really getting much going at that point. That would be my only concern. Like once you go up or you you know you take a lead in the fourth quarter, I understand running the ball or just trying to keep Mahomes off the field as much as possible and kind of turning to Montgomery in those situations. But I think early on in the third quarter, that's where I would have liked to see more gives. But again, right. it's a process thing. They're they're trying to figure out how to use him still. Um, he's going to play a lot. He's going to get a lot of touches. This is not like yeah. DeAndre Swift two point Like. I know the fan- fantasy community was already losing their mind over like how yeah, they're they managing like these it. backs, but whatever, they're gonna do things their own way, and they won the game. Like <laughs> that's the bottom line. They, right. These coaches don't care about your fantasy team; they're trying to win ball games, and and they did that last night. 
Yeah, it's, you'd be curious to see where all that shakes out, and I still think that there are probably weeks where Gibbs will be on the field more, you know, and just like there yep. were last year. But at the same time, it's important to note that Montgomery's a really good player, and if he's going to be that steady in between the tackles like that, he's going to get a lot of touches, and he's going to get a lot of yards, and it's like it's at the end of the day, that's how they play, and that's how they're going to do it. Goff, um, I thought Goff played fine. I think he played well, uh, well enough to win the game anyway, winning football. But I also think he certainly could play better, and I think that he probably would say that say that right off the shoot. I don't think that there was many that I look back on and say that was bad. Yeah, I'm sure there was a few things that he, you know, he had a few passes batted where I think he would have probably liked to have those back. Um, I feel like he missed Laporta once underneath when they switched off, and he had him on like a defensive tackle, and he just didn't see him. And some of that is like, I thought the first quarter and a half was kind of like, eh, what's going on here, and then. You know, certainly after the fake punt, he settled down. I don't know how much of that is he didn't play any preseason games, right? So the first quarter was a little bit of whatever. Yeah, but by yeah. and large, you're playing against a pretty good defense um, on the road in a game where you're going to be conservative anyway and going to try to take the air out of it as much as you can and just kill the clock and try to keep it away from Mahomes. That was a pretty good day. And I, I saw the Lions tweeted out that stat about, um, what was he, is he fourth all time now on the... What is that? You know what I'm he's talking now about? Third. The, yeah, um, yeah. Goff is went. Uh, he's gone 359 straight passes without an interception, which is the third longest streak in NFL history. How about that? He just broke third a third longest streak. Past Tom Brady. Past Tom Brady for for third now. Does Brady so have that's... one and two also? Does he have the first two <laughs> on there as well? Yes, he might. I don't uh, know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, I don't know. what do you think about Goff? I thought he. Oh, Rogers has a record. Yeah. <clears throat> What do you think yeah. about golf? I thought I thought a pretty a good day and like the best thing I think I think I would say is we are totally over the era of Jared Goff panicking away a game like that. I wasn't even worried about that. You <laughs> know, for the first time no. in a long time, I feel like when he he went out there in the fourth quarter and it's like they're probably gonna throw it a little bit. I would imagine they're gonna run it more, but like it's fine. I, I don't have any. There were no concerns, and that yeah. is a big deal. I feel like because in the past sometimes that would be where he would. You know, old days, old habits would come back and get them. Yeah, I think national people or national media or just like, you know, the casual fan that's not a Lions fan, you know, they're watching this game. They're wondering, well, how is Jared Goff going to go toe-to-toe with, with Pat Mahomes and win a game? Like, there's no way the Lions are winning this with Goff at quarterback. And I'm just like, guys, he, he's done this before. <laughs> like, yeah, he's undefeated when he was, now. When he was with the Rams, like, they had that crazy shootout and he went toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes. And that was a different team and a different offense. But, I mean... Hell, like, golf is – people got to stop, like, disrespecting him. He is a yeah. quarterback that you can win with, especially he has the right pieces Absolutely. around him. And he didn't make mistakes. We mentioned the interception streak. By the way, uh, one is Rodgers, two is Tampa Bay Tom Brady, and three is golf. Oh. Yeah. So wow. Brady was second and third before this, and now <laughs> golf passed him for, for third. Um, but right. he's got this, the interception, you know, the, the streak there. He's not turning the ball over, which was his big problem like last year, like early on. He was fumbling, he was throwing interceptions, and you're just like, right. man, you got to take care of the football better. You're losing games for this team. So he's taking care of that entirely. Um, he's making the timely throws when they matter. It's not always going to look pretty. Like There are going to be days where they don't put up like 45 points, and that's, this was one of them. And it, to me, what matters most is where, how do you respond in the, motor, in, the, in the moments that matter most. And so in the fourth yeah. quarter, when he's hitting Josh Reynolds – um, you know, he's making these plays. I'm just like, this is all he needs to do in this offense. Like, get the ball to his guys, play clean football, 
let the people around him cook, and this offense is good enough to win, especially if the defense is improved, as we think it is. Um, so Goff had a good night, man. Like, not going to wow anyone, but he, he, he got the job done, and that's all that matters. Other guy I wanted to mention before we wrap up, we'll do a short at this week. So Colton, he's got uh, Campbell and then has to take a nap at some point here. Or get some sleep. <laughs> at some point. Uh, but we'll see. but uh, Laporta, Sam Laporta, um, the biggest thing that I wanted to see, obviously, was in, in preseason we saw it at times, but it was still like up and down, up and down. Like, is he going to be able to deliver um, in the run game, in the critical moments when they're asking him to, when it's 12 personnel and he has to be out there? And he absolutely did. Like, that was a great debut for a rookie tight end, and I tweeted last night, I think he's at least even or better than TJ was as a blocker when at TJ's, this point in TJ's career, and I think he's probably better. I, I got to say, like, I, I, he's at least more willing, and he sticks on things longer, you know what I mean? He doesn't give up on stuff as much. Not that give up's probably the wrong word, but he doesn't fall off of things as he, you know what I mean? He's in a play a lot longer than TJ is, and it just, it opens up so many things like we've talked about this all last year when they had all those guys that were just there to block and do whatever they were asked like I don't care if I ever catch a pass I'm just here to you know Laporta's like that and to see that come up and show up the, the run block ability show up it wasn't perfect there are still some that you know he looked like a rookie out there but by and large he looked pretty good and I think that that's to, for me that was like as good a sign as anything that they had all day um, yeah was that that showed up. And then, yeah, Gibbs' speed also showed up. But I don't know. Your thoughts on Laporta there, uh, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, Laporta, I thought, had a, had a really solid debut. Obviously, he was involved in the passing game. That's something that we knew. Um, but I think, yeah, one of those plays late in the game, he had a, a really nice block. And I think Dan Campbell went out of his touchdown. way to kind of, on the touchdown run by Montgomery, had a really mm-hmm. nice block. And uh, Dan went out of his way to kind of praise his, his rookie tight end there. And, you know, that's something that, you know, people kind of questioned about him. But, you know, the, the willingness is always there. The effort's always there. Like, he's Absolutely. not afraid to get there and, and do the dirty work. And, you know, he might be viewed as this sort of receiving tight end, but he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. I think that's what you want to see. The mentality is there. Um, so, Laporta, yeah, pretty good debut. I, I think all these rookies, honestly, played pretty well. Like, obviously, Branch, yeah. Gibbs, um, Campbell didn't get in there a ton, but when he did, he kind of stood out a little bit. So, I mean, they're going to rely on these rookie class, this, you know, these rookies in this class. Um, I think, yeah, Laporta, the game he had, that's, I think he's just only going to build off of this, but I was really impressed with him out there. Yeah. Hard not to be impressed with the whole shebang, quite frankly. The Lions, uh, off to a 1-0 start for the first time in a while. I don't know how long it's been. A long time, we'll say. Do you know the date, Colton? I don't know the year, but it's been a long time. Next week against Seattle, you can go to 2-0, and it's like, now you're looking at this and saying these are winnable games. This is a team that should be able to play with anybody and be be a hard out, and um, like I am excited to see what this crowd looks like uh, a week from Sunday because I think that's going to be pretty. Uh, like people kept saying, they nobody know you know these guys have never played Arrowhead and Arrowhead's a nasty place, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I get I get it, but like Fort Field, like once when it gets full, which is not always, but when it gets full, and it did last year a few times, yeah. I don't know how much louder it can get than that. I don't know if loud, at some point loud is loud, right? So very yeah. curious to see. I think it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. Might want to leave the house at like 9 a.m. Uh, for that one. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Barry Day. Barry's getting a statue unveiled next week. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. also Barry Statue Day. Okay, we'll, we'll be back next week anyway. Uh, back on the regular schedule next week. We'll do the Thursday show. 
uh, for the rest of the way until they play on Thursday again, which I think they do at some point before Thanksgiving, don't they? Packer. Packers. Packers. Packers end of the month. Yeah, end of the month. Man. There it is. End of the month. <laughs> so, okay, we got to do it again at the end of the month. But in any event, we'll go back to the schedule <laughs> next week on the regular Thursday, uh, and then we'll get out of here for today. So, uh, for Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy the win and enjoy this weekend uh, slate of games, and we'll talk to you later.